You missed your audition to play Ariel. I know. I'm pissed. I missed my audition to play Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> or King Triton. <laughs> Daddy, I love him. Ariel. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. <laughs> my name's the lunch lady. <laughs> um, I apologize for my voice this week. I don't know what happened to me. I <laughs> I got sick last week, and it's not going away. Mm-hmm. So this is my voice. This is it. Ursula stole my voice. Yes, and <laughs> gave you hers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. I sound like... I'm a sea witch, so well, here I am. Here you are. <laughs> I feel like it's been 18 years since we recorded an episode. It's only been two weeks, but I feel like it, it's been... How? It feels like it's been two years. I have no idea. It feels like this is a new season. It feels like this is our first episode <laughs> we've ever done. I will say, though, that this episode really does kick off like the summer movies, though. Mm-hmm. So I am very excited to be back, and we have a lot of really fun episodes coming up. But this one is a review of the new live action, The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. I think because everybody, well, not everybody. (laughs) There are some people who do live under rocks. But most people know the story of Little Mermaid. So we are not going to do a spoiler, no spoiler section. This is just going to be a fully open episode. Mm -hmm. This movie does have a couple of small like changes Mm -hmm. and additions to it so just a basic warning to people if you don't want to know what the changes are we are going to talk about them them. this movie was directed by rob marshall who has done a couple of musical movies before he did chicago and he did into the woods okay he also did mary poppins returns okay so he's a little bit famous for some like musical adaptations Mm -hmm. for sure could you give us a brief little cast list i think we can skip the synopsis because everyone knows yeah we should all know what happens in the little mermaid yeah this cast is a little bit of a mixed bag yeah we've got some heavy hitters and we've got some newcomers fresh Mm -hmm. faces if you will and of course we have the famous new casting for ariel yep which is hallie bailey she really has not acted before as far as i know i don't think so but she is going to be in the color purple coming up okay. in the new color purple so she's just so getting she's into to, it yeah she's starting to fill up her imdb card um she is funny enough we actually saw her and her sister live yeah. they opened for beyonce when we saw beyonce and jay-z in mm-hmm. concert which is kind of crazy to think about yeah that now like we've seen ariel we have we've seen person. ariel yeah. live yes <laughs> um also starring Melissa McCarthy as Ursula, uh-huh. Javier Bardem as King Triton. For the voice of Scuttle, we have Aquafina, who has been in so many movies what lately. A strange choice. And what an interesting choice. <laughs> I wonder who made that decision. Who was like, hmm, Scuttle should definitely be Aquafina. <laughs> I don't know, but I, that was just... Something else. (laughs) (laughs) Something to be seen. Something to be seen and heard. I'm very hit or miss on Aquafina. Mm -hmm. I really, I think that she has a ton of potential. We've Mm -hmm. seen her in some really good things. 
but she also just is a conundrum to me. She mm-hmm. is very, uh, and this was part of the conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> put it this way. Yeah. I would say she's, she's hit or miss, like you said. Yeah. And I think this, unfortunately, might be one of her misses. Yeah. We're sorry, Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this also stars David Diggs voicing Sebastian mm-hmm. and Jacob Tremblay as Flounder. Jacob Tremblay is famous for his role in Room mm-hmm. with Brie Larson, which is an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. He still has a little boy voice yeah. in this movie because they recorded it like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. But have you seen interviews with him like yeah, recently? He's like a he's, grown man. He's like 16 and his like little voice is cracking. But like, yeah. it's so crazy to see him growing up. He kind of looks like a Timothy Chalamet a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little now. bit. So it's kind of nice to see him like listed again on something. I, I haven't know. seen him in a bit. I know we missed him. And then as Prince Eric, we have Jonah Howard King. Who's kind of a newcomer. A little bit new. He played Laurie in a like TV series of Little Women, which like, of course he did. Yeah, he is Laurie. He is Laurie. He also a little bit looks like there's a really old adaptation of Anne of Green Gables. And he looks like the guy who plays Gilbert Blythe. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. He Mm -hmm. looks kind of like him and also looks like the lead singer of Bastille. He looks exactly like him. (laughs) And also kind of sings exactly like like him him too. Yeah. (laughs) But this movie had a little bit of controversy I would say and it's not that like the movie itself was controversial but a lot of people were up in arms over the casting of Ariel for some reason (laughs) I don't know how you can be upset about the race of a mermaid but apparently you can be (laughs) I was gonna say when you said for some reason I think we know the reason reason is just we're (laughs) a little racist yeah we've got some low-key racism going on there (laughs) because why can't she yeah i remember seeing right whenever her casting came out and i don't know if it was like a trailer or something but there was like a comment that was pinned to the top of a page that was this whole like dissertation on why a mermaid wouldn't have melanin because they're not in the sun and so their melanin wouldn't be exposed to the sun it was the most ridiculous thing i think i've ever read in my life and people were like yes this guy gets it and other people are like, it's a Scandinavian tale. So there wouldn't be oh a God. black woman in Scandinavia. And it's just the most obnoxious <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And I think the only criticism that I will agree with is that I do wish they made her hair a little bit more red. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a muted tone. Mm-hmm. And I think she could have easily pulled off like a darker red. Definitely. Just as like a more iconic look. Mm-hmm. But being upset over a casting choice kind of shows a little bit of your true colors, if that Mm. makes sense. If Mm. you're really upset about it, you need to look inward of why you're (laughs) upset about that. Yeah. They actually did a really good job of making it make sense. Yeah, they did. Without it being like a race thing, it was just like, hey, King Triton fucks. And like (laughs) he's basically like procreated with a woman from every sea in the world. And so all of his daughters are different 
race. races. Yeah. And I thought that was actually really cool yeah. because obviously in the original animation, they're all white. Yeah. Everyone in the movie is white. So I thought it was actually a really cool way of bringing some diversity to it. They truly didn't need to give an explanation. I think no. it's so ridiculous that people even cared, mm-hmm. but it really did feel like a natural part of the story that he mm-hmm. has these seven daughters that represent the seven seas. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool. I thought that was a really nice change. Yeah. So I, I do completely agree with you. We can talk a little bit more about some of the other changes that they made mm-hmm. from the original to this one. The biggest change was that it was 45 minutes longer yeah. than the original, which we can also get into that <laughs> a little bit more. But as always, I want to start out with your first opinions. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on the live adaptation of The Little Mermaid? I liked it. Okay. I think it's one of the better live action remakes that Disney has that done. Disney has yeah. done. I will say better than Aladdin. Oh my God. Aladdin was Aladdin was wreck. horrible. Maybe better than Beauty and the Beast. I liked Beauty and the or Beast. Or like as good as Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was pretty successful. It was a really fun watch. And I think you and I did talk about this seeing it kind of like on opening night with a room full of children kind of you said it brought perspective that it's a children's movie and I thought I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if there weren't a bunch of kids in the movie theater because I feel like it would have just been like what's happening (laughs) what why am I watching this it also made me extremely thankful that we don't have children dude the the comings and goings <laughs> of children in a movie theater, which, by the way, when we left the theater. Oh, my God. The disaster that was left behind. I was so embarrassed to be a part of that theater. Yes. Why are you letting your kids throw popcorn everywhere? And dump it all and over the place. dump it on the floor. Every single row was just popcorn, like like large amounts of popcorn. And candy. And candy. Someone and- had like a cookie sandwich. Like it was like two cookies with icing in the middle just left on the armrest of a chair. I'm like, pick that up. That's disgusting. Heathens. <laughs> like I understand that like people don't carry like a broom with them. Sure. I understand that. But also like if you have a popcorn bag, you could just like brush everything in the bag right. and then throw it away. It was yeah. ob- it was obnoxious. That's the worst thing. Like that was the worst mess I've ever seen in a movie theater. Yeah. Like I understand things happen, kids spill things and right. drop things, whatever. But this was like beyond just it, like a few kids. It was spilling like heathens. Things. It was like were we having a food fight and I missed it. It was like, funny. It was like every single time too that like a song would end mm-hmm. and there was a pe- like a scene of dialogue. 45 people would stand up and go to the bathroom and it was like this like i think you in the middle of the movie leaned over and you're like this is like grand central station yes (laughs) it was just like what is happening it was so chaotic but i agree with you that seeing it on opening night with a bunch of families we were literally pinned in between two young families Mm -hmm. and i think we were the only like adults there that didn't have children children with us And I think I agree that it gave a lot of perspective where there were some things that they added to this movie that I didn't necessarily love. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was written comedy Mm -hmm. for the characters of Flounder, Scuttle and Sebastian, Mm -hmm. who were kind of like the comedic relief as a trio. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the jokes 
felt incredibly flat for me. And I think if we saw it without a bunch of kids around, you and I might have legitimately hated this movie. Mm -hmm. But because we were surrounded by little kids laughing at it, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay, like this movie isn't for us. And that's okay. Right. And they did have some modern jokes. Like at one point, Scuttle literally says, yes. Yeah. And the kids loved it. Mm -hmm. So it like hit with the kids. Yeah. I thought it was stupid and horrible and just (laughs) a train wreck. Yeah. I thought the script in general was a train wreck. The script was a train wreck. But because we saw it with kids, I think we both were able to have a little bit of a looser tolerance for everything Mm -hmm. and let those horrific moments <laughs> yeah let them breathe a little bit and give them some, some yeah space i think it okay. just i think it helped us not take it so seriously yeah, for sure. um sometimes i feel like it's easy to take live action more serious yep. because it's not animated and it's real people mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but yeah. i feel like it's almost like our natural instinct is to think it's more serious yeah. because it's real people and it's not animated it's not cartoons um, but I agree. I mean, just like there was the stupidest, the worst corniest joke. jokes. And yeah. like a little kid would be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> and like we would crack up because the kid was laughing. Right, right. So I think that did help a lot um, because I agree. I think if we just saw this like with a room full uh-huh. of adults, like we probably would have been like, wow, this is stupid. This is terrible. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, a lot of the animation fell really flat. Mm-hmm. Like the scenes where they are fully underwater which i did a tiny bit of research they filmed this dry for wet so basically she was in a contraption that made her look like she was floating but she was on like a blue screen set okay and so she was never fully in, in water. the water except for the scenes where she's like on the surface like on the beach okay makes sense and most of the movie you can tell that it is her face on an animated body mm-hmm. and it was very strange mm-hmm. and there were some shots where like she would be swimming away quickly and her <laughs> whole face was distorted and i was like how did that oh, how did that no. pass inspection how did they say yep signing off on that <laughs> oh no it was really bad and i think again because we had the kids in there some of those issues that I had visually, I was able to like quiet my own mind because even like the very first shot, it was just a shot of like waves crashing. And this little kid next to us goes, big water. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, here's the thing. I might look at this and think this animation is terrible mm-hmm. and the way they're putting her face on this animated mermaid body is really awkward for Mm -hmm. me. But for them, they're like, holy fuck, it's a mermaid. Yeah, like it looks like a real mermaid. (laughs) It looks like a real person to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that having those kids around us with their little comments because kids can't sit in silence. He's not. Anytime there was like a little moment of silence in the movie, you would always hear like a little comment from a kid. Mm -hmm. But it allowed us to just relax and enjoy the experience even if it was a little chaotic yes it was a little distracting it was but i think it it all worked out it did it definitely did i think when you were talking about the animation Mm -hmm. something also that i noticed about this movie that i think kind of was a miss for me yeah is how 
colorless it was yeah like you were you mentioned a little muted you mentioned about her hair but i felt like all of the scenes underwater were very dull Mm -hmm. as far as color goes Uh uh-huh we did a rewatch of the original little mermaid and obviously it's colorful because it's a cartoon and it's animated and but i just feel like there was so much more vibrancy Mm -hmm. in the original that was lacking very much in the live action. I agree with you. And you know what was also lacking? Mm. An underwater kingdom. Yeah. There was no kingdom. No. So in the cartoon, when you first get introduced to the mermaids, mm-hmm. it's this shot following a fish that makes his way all the way to Triton's castle. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, Triton's castle doesn't exist no and there's just this like meeting point Mm -hmm. where there's like seven seats for all the daughters and then Mm -hmm. one throne for him Mm -hmm. and it was really dark and dim and i'm just gonna say it too i think javier bardem was the worst casting choice in the entire film okay i need maybe more than aquafina (laughs) and the darkness of triton's it felt like a lair it didn't mm-hmm. even feel like a like a throne room. It felt like his lair. Right. And his performance of Triton and his delivery on all of his Dude. lines. He was like an abusive father in this yeah. movie. And like menacing mm-hmm. and terrifying. And in the cartoon, he's certainly like a stern father who is... It seems like he's at his wits end almost with uh-huh. Ariel. Where it's like, she's always late. She's always messing around with human stuff. She's mm-hmm. always getting into trouble and he just doesn't know what to do and it reaches this point where he breaks all of her stuff Mm -hmm. in this movie when he breaks her stuff i'm like this is abuse yeah (laughs) it felt really terrifying i think in the cartoon version even though he is a stern father and he does pretty much the same things that javier bardem does as triton Mm -hmm. he still loves her and you can still tell that they have that like father-daughter like stereotypical father-daughter relationship and he has a little bit of softness to him yeah. and a little bit of playfulness and like a little bit of loving like father, like doting right. father kind of vibes. Yeah. And Javier Bardem is like stone cold. There's nothing sweet or soft. He's not him. soft. He's not loving. Like he's just like, hello, Ariel. I am your father. It was so intense. And it was just so like stoic yeah. and serious. And-, and even like all of the sisters, like none of them like spoke really. Yeah. They kind of did like small lines, but they were very serious and stoic. And they were talking about this weird celebration of the coral moon that they yeah. never actually fully explained what that meant. Like they were like, we have all come together for the coral moon and then nothing ever even happened nothing ever that. happened with the coral yeah. moon <laughs> they just referenced it a few times yeah. the moon looked kind of pink yeah and that was about <laughs> it that's about it and javier bardem again was just such a menacing figure that it was hard to root for the mer people because it felt like they had no familial bond or connection mm-hmm. or culture and so it's like of course ariel wants to leave right like of course she doesn't want to be a part of this it seems yeah. really fucking boring yeah i was gonna say even in the live action we really don't see a community no we just see triton and his daughters and all of his daughters like they're beautiful and everything but yeah. they just look like supermodels yeah. like they look like 
soulless just they're just staring pretty women uh-huh. that just sit there and don't do anything like yeah. they just kind of look into space mm-hmm. and in the cartoon it's like you said like a very vibrant community they all gather and have a concert and it's like this robust like cultured Bustling. community yeah. none of that existed in this world Mm-mm. it just felt very isolated it felt very desolate yeah and it was just sort of like it's not even like pretty down here no. like it's just like we saw like a coral reef they made it too realistic like mm-hmm. they made the ocean too realistic what's the documentary like oh planet earth yeah i was like is this planet earth <laughs> like that's what it started yeah. out and it was like that's what it felt like yeah i think part of the reason why the world felt so flat also was they treated the audience like we were incredibly stupid. Yes. And instead of showing us the world through color and culture and music and all of these aspects that are in the original, they over-explained everything. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where, especially Ursula's scenes, which, like, Melissa McCarthy, I thought, did, like, a very serviceable job as Ursula. I yeah. thought she was fine. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really have any complaints. I mean, she didn't really add anything new to Mm-mm. it. But I thought she was a very passable Ursula. Sure. But her scripting was so bad because they cut out her collecting the souls of the mermaids. Mm-hmm. They had to make up this whole convoluted plan about how she was going to get to Triton through Ariel uh-huh. and it never made sense no. but she explained it constantly it was like yeah. well first I'll trap Ariel and then I'll bring Triton to the thing and then I'll sacrifice Triton and then Triton will be mine and then I'll have Triton and it yeah. was like I was getting lost mm-hmm. whereas when you're watching the original you're just like oh she's a fucked up witch who captures people Gets souls yeah, yeah. And because she didn't have that garden of souls or whatever it's called with like the weird ghost people yeah. that float around, which I can, I mean, I can admit, I don't know how you would do that live. No. But she could have had like a prison. Sure. Like she could have had yeah. like captured mer people who are all like mm-hmm. withering away or by something. Her. Yeah. yeah. They could have done something with that and not have it be this whole weird plot that she has that was over explained but somehow not even explained at all and also like her motive was basically like sibling rivalry yeah like it was like her motive was not to collect souls and like ruin like the mer people it was just like well my brother got to be the king of the seas and i'm the sea witch and i just want to be the king of the seas yeah in a lot of ways like you said they over explained things Mm -hmm. and like made something way more complicated and convoluted than it needed to be well and they did that multiple times so like they did it with ursula they did it with the coral moon yes they did it with eric was somehow adopted in this one yeah and that made no sense none and another plot point that they added in and then proceeded to over explain was that she has to kiss him by sunset on the third day but she doesn't know she has to kiss him Mm -hmm. because Ursula also gives her amnesia. Mm -hmm. And so Sebastian and Scuttle are charged with reminding her of the kiss. (laughs) So instead of just having the song Kiss the Girl. Yeah. We had like this whole 30 minute explanation of how Sebastian was going to orchestrate Mm -hmm. them kissing in time for the sun. It was just 
too much over explaining yeah. of everything just trim the fat guys mm-hmm. like it really didn't need to be all that explained no i will say that there are only two things that they added to this that i think were good additions okay which is they gave us a little bit more time with eric and ariel mm-hmm. and so we got to see them actually create a bond together mm-hmm. there was a really cute moment where she teaches him her name mm-hmm. because they're like pointing up in the stars and she like points at Aries and he's like, oh, your name's like Aries. Mm-hmm. And she pulls down on his lip so mm-hmm. that it creates Ariel. Ariel. I thought it was a really cute moment. Yeah. And I think the other addition that they added, which I really enjoyed, was Ariel's character had a little bit more intention behind her. Mm-hmm. And she felt like more of a person and less of just this like starstruck little girl who falls in love with the prince uh-huh yeah they made her less of like damsel in distress yeah kind like of. she was more independent and not afraid of things and yeah. kind of stood up for herself more yeah. more than just in the original when she just goes daddy i love him daddy i love him However, I did miss that line. I did. I was kind of hoping they had that line in there. But I figured, like, she calls him daddy a lot in the original one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like culturally now we can't really use (laughs) that in the same way. I did kind of miss it. And I just kept hearing it in my head. Yeah. The whole time. But yeah, she was the hero, which was cool. Yeah. I personally, and I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't know if you'll agree with me. Okay. I didn't love Eric. No. I didn't love the actor who played Eric. I didn't really think he was that handsome and I don't want to be mean, but like Eric was he was him. Eric in the Talking 90s, about cartoon oh, Eric. Yeah. Cartoon, cartoon Eric, Eric he is him. He is the Disney prince. Yes. I don't think there is a girl who grew up in the 90s who didn't have a crush on him. Mm-mm. I mean, like what a stud. Truly. And the real Eric, like the real person, Eric, Mm -hmm. in the live action, he's not ugly. No, he's not. But like as soon as he was on screen, I thought in my head, that's no cartoon, Eric. No, absolutely not. Because like, I'm sorry, cartoon Eric can get it. Yeah, still can. Still, he could and he can (laughs) and he will. But it's just like, that's a very hard standard to live up to because I feel like, so the original Little Mermaid came out in 1989 before Mm -hmm. either of us were even born. Right. So by the time we saw it, we were probably like four or five. And I'm going to say with full confidence that that was the most attractive person I had ever seen seen (laughs) and had seen for like a long time after that. So like he's on a pedestal in our minds and so i think really like there's no No real person who could live up to that standard which interestingly enough the original casting of live action eric was harry styles which is crazy which i cannot picture him not at all ariel ariel (laughs) (laughs) and he's beautiful but still it's not yeah it's not cartoon eric they did add a song for eric Mm. which was atrocious it was really bad i don't know why they did that because there is no real reason None. for him to have a song and he didn't need a ballad i don't all. know who wrote the ballad if it was who i think it was are we gonna go there we're gonna talk we're, about it we're gonna talk about it this is he who shall not be named in our house we hope we do not offend anyone when we say this right now 
But in this household, there is an enemy. And his name is Lynn manuel Miranda. Yes, he's enemy number one. He is enemy number one. (laughs) (laughs) We do not understand why he is so popular. Mm -mm. And the second I hear a Lynn manuel Miranda song, I know it. Mm -hmm. I can sniff it out. Mm -hmm. And there is a song in this movie (sighs) that Scuttle slash Aquafina raps called Mm. Scuttlebutt. Yes, first of all. And it is the worst thing that I have ever heard in my entire life. Worse than Eric's song. Yes. Oh, for sure. Significantly worse. A thousand times worse than Eric's song. Eric's song is just this like cheesy ballad and he's just looking off into the distance while he sings it. Mm -hmm. Scuttle raps. And it's like this horrific Hamilton style. Mm. Clearly, Lin Manuel had his little grubby paws on this movie. Yes. Why? Why is Disney so obsessed with him? Leave him alone. He needs to sit down. He needs to go in a he corner and think about somewhere. what he's done. Yes. I just I cannot understand why people love him and his work so much. And also, when somebody that untalented writes their own musicals just so that they can star in it Mm -hmm. immediately no that's the thing for me it's his ego yeah i'm sorry but like all of his rap style songs it's so so one note Mm -hmm. like you said as soon as aquafina started rapping you looked at me and you were like did who i think wrote this write this and i was like it has to be like you can tell from a mile away and that's what i mean like it's so unoriginal you could replace the lyrics from hamilton in scuttlebutt Mm -hmm. and you could replace the lyrics in scuttlebutt in the moana rap that Mm -hmm. maui maui does it's the same cadence it's the same same phrasing same same, it's just oh my god and I really don't understand why they felt the need to add that. Again, Scuttle doesn't need a song. Prince no. Eric didn't need a song. No. I will say that if you feel the same way we do about Lynn manuel Miranda, I will highly encourage you to read the Daily Beast article <laughs> about Aquafina's rap. <laughs> the title of the article is Aquafina's Horrific Little Mermaid Rap Will Ruin Your Weekend. And the <laughs> subtitle is Poor Unfortunate Ears. <laughs> yes. And it's it a great. Lin Manuel in the it article. It roasts him too. so bad. And it's it's a really funny article. Yeah, so I will. I have to give a shout out because it's really funny and it's extremely like on yeah. par with how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those addition of those very subpar songs, which I did look it up, Lin-Manuel wrote the lyrics for the Wild Uncharted Water song. Of course he did. Alan Minken composed it, which composing wise, like it's a, it's a fine song. Yeah, it's, right. it's okay. Yeah. But he did write the lyrics for it. Of course he did. Um, And it's makes atrocious. sense. It's very atrocious. It's very melodramatic. Melodramatic and just overdone. On a positive note. Uh-huh. Because I feel like we've hit all of the negatives. For sure. On a positive note, Halle Bailey is great Mm -hmm. in this movie. And I think every choice that they made with her was a great addition to this live action version. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, I was really, really impressed with her voice. Yes. Very impressed with her voice. I was too. I was blown away. I had a a couple of issues, and I know I talked to you about this with... I felt like they changed the tempo of some of the songs. Mm -hmm. Like 
part of your world felt very slow to me Mm -hmm. and it was like she wanted the orchestra to like move faster Mm -hmm. obviously that wasn't her fault sure but what she did sing was maybe better than the original yeah i'm gonna say it yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say it um her vocals were much better than jody benson that's her name right yeah the original little mermaid yeah hallie bailey's voice brought such a depth and warmth that was missing and i think the orchestra in the live action was just a lot more developed Mm. than it was in the 90s version i love a horn and they added some some french horn there was a lot of horns there was a lot of sweeping strings Mm. that it just sounded honestly to me like they just had more players than there were on the original soundtrack Uh those changes to the music side really complimented her voice well yeah 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 yeah. because there were two moments that we both kind of looked at each other like wide-eyed like holding on to our seats because Mm -hmm. i had goosebumps and tears in my eyes yeah as soon as i heard her bell and i heard the way she phrased it was just even more emotional Mm -hmm. um i just feel like it's just a better vocal yeah it's just a better vocal all around. I think I would listen to this version before I would listen to the original. Yeah. If I was just like in the car and mm-hmm. I wanted to listen to it. It was really impressive. I got to say, she really brought the heat with it. Mm-hmm. And not only was she a great singer, which obviously we know she has a musical background. She's from sure. a band mm-hmm. um, with her sister. But I really did think that she was a great actress. I, I thought so too. She embodied ariel Mm -hmm. in a really new and fresh way and if anybody is hating on her because she's black and is just immediately dismissing this movie because she's black again you need to look inside (laughs) yourself and wonder why that's bothering you so much because there's no good reason for why that's bothering you yeah Yeah, there's nothing to be bothered about yeah (laughs) and i think there is something to be said about having young black girls being able to see this movie see themselves in a disney princess and see themselves in a disney princess that wasn't someone they could identify with before right Mm -hmm. because you know we have tiana i think from that's her name from princess Mm -hmm. and the frog which she's written as a black character but for them to see a character that was always white for Uh 30 plus years to now be represented and look like them Mm -hmm. I think it was such a beautiful thing. And there were so, so many black girls like in the theater with us. And I mm-hmm. loved that they were able to see that on screen. Yeah. And again, I'm just happy that Hallie gave such a great performance because mm-hmm. now it doesn't give those negative voices any more reason mm-hmm. to chirp. So everybody can Every- be quiet now. Yeah, everyone can just sit down <laughs> and shut up and listen to Hallie Bailey. Yeah. So I know we both think that this is worth a watch, but what is your popcorn score? My popcorn score, I'm going to go a solid medium. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a large. No. Um, Halle Bailey is a large yeah. <laughs> popcorn, but everything else the movie as a whole is a medium. I'm also going to give it a medium. There were parts of it that I certainly very much disliked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was that additional stuff. Mm-hmm. And I will say that parents should be aware and warned that it is a two hour and 15 minute movie yes it's really long and Mm -hmm. with trailers included 
don't show up on time for this movie. I was going to say, you're looking at sitting in the theaters for at least three hours. Three hours. There were a lot of transient children <laughs> in the theater. It was really hard for them to sit still. Passersby. All the iPad kids who have the attention span of oh. 10 minutes yeah. are going to really struggle with this. So I just need any parents to know that. Yeah, like, be mindful of that. Be very mindful <laughs> of that and be prepared for them to need breaks mm-hmm. and to have a lot of patience because my mm-hmm. god i even was getting a little like antsy antsy in uh-huh. my seat it is way too long i will say i don't know that we need to keep doing this though but mm-hmm. i already know mm-hmm. we're going to what do they even have left i don't know we haven't seen mulan they didn't even put music in that which is an absolute tragedy that is, that's why we haven't seen it <laughs> i refuse yeah because of mulan because mulan is, so is my favorite soundtrack yeah. period mm-hmm. mm, hunchback of notre dame is pretty i was gonna say <laughs> hold on now wait i would sign up for a hunchback live action the casting would have to be very specific on that i feel okay we're gonna have to i Penny want for your a thoughts. rated r oh my god <laughs> hunchback of notre dame oh okay i'm i'm in okay. i'm in it <laughs> sign you up i want to see esmeralda baby of course you do <laughs> That does it for us. Again, I apologize for my voice and if I'm a little bit rambly in this episode because... You've been taking a lot of Sudafed. I am on drugs. I am on so many cough syrups Mm -hmm. and Sudafeds and... It's just been a routine of medicine yeah. just pumped into my body. But I hope you'll join us next time, which is actually this week. Yeah. We are releasing two episodes this week. Crazy. So coming this Friday, we are going to do a review of the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which one of our friends actually worked on this. One of our friends from college was an animator on this movie. I didn't know that. Vito Ferber. Oh my God. No yeah. way. That's so cool. So very excited to see it. We both absolutely adore the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And we've been hearing some really good buzz about this one. So our next episode will be this Friday, June 2nd. Mm -hmm. And I hope until then you have a fantastic week. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us on the ride home. Mm